Welcome to the Leadership Now podcast with Dr. Aaron Rock. Aaron has served as pastor, as a chaplain, and as a professor, and he has a keen interest in helping Christians to think Christianly about all of life. So on this show, we talk about the nuts and bolts of theology, church life, cultural issues, pastoral leadership, ethics, and other relevant matters that will help you to lead better now. I'm your host, Chris Eelman. And today we have several topics that we're going to talk about on today's podcast as we analyze what's happening in culture. We've entitled this episode, Bikers, Baboons, Billionaires, and Brainwashed Population. It's going to be a good one. So Aaron, I know you want to touch on a few things, but let's start with this biker tour that is scheduled for this weekend in Ottawa. Yeah, so that's the first B, bikers. Uh, many people might know that there's a biker convoy of sorts that plans to ride through the capital city of Canada, Ottawa, this uh, weekend and on April 30th. And they basically are going because they're concerned about the um, abuse of the National War Memorial. A lot of them are veterans. The National War Memorial, which was uh, cut off from the population during the, it was fenced in actually at the Ottawa uh, convoy protests, and they took great offense to that. They didn't think there was a reason for it. The uh, officials rationalized, well, someone peed near it, urinated near it. Well, whether that happened or not, who knows who that person is or why they were doing it. Obviously, that's not acceptable behavior. But um, fencing it off and pretending that all these, it was just part of this ongoing narrative, pretending that there's a bunch of animals, <coughs> excuse me, in Ottawa as part of this protest. So the, the veterans took uh, great offense to that. And even though officials continue to deny it and not acknowledge it, we are still under some heavy duty restrictions here in the country of Canada. Many people, the truckers are still out of work because they can't cross the border. A lot of our charter rights are still suspended you know, we can't leave our own country under normal circumstances. There's continued coercion and pressure to get vaccinated against some people's consciences and wills. So this is how the um, <clears throat> media is framing this up, Chris. I brought along a quote from Global News, which uh, has an interesting knack of presenting the general facts of what's going on, but putting all their spin on it. So if you were a if you were a journalist and you wanted to just report the facts, would you write something like this? Listen to this. We'll just analyze it together. Quote, Ottawa is bracing for the arrival of another convoy of protesters this weekend. Now, just let's pause here. Bracing. Ottawa is bracing. What does that communicate? Be afraid. Be very afraid. These are bad people coming your way. We got to, you know, get the walls built around the city, bring in the police, bring in the military, you know, we're bracing for it. It's not a factual way of reporting. Mm -hmm. goes on to say, just four months after the so-called freedom convoy. Again, it's snarky, so-called. It's a judgmental statement. It's, it's commenting on the ideology falsely. It's not reporting the facts. It's these journalists that think they have the inside scoop on what's actually going on, that craft their articles in this way. So uh, continuing back to the quote, just four months after the so-called freedom convoy, that's in quotes, began a week's long blockade of the capital's downtown core. Did it? You could walk around, you could drive around, businesses were free to be open, there was no violence, nobody was doing anything stupid. 
It's all false. I was there for six days. I know you were there for three. We know it's all smoke and mirrors. It's all lies. But then it goes on to say in the same article, the, the Rolling Thunder Group, this is the name of the bikers, the Rolling Thunder Group has not been clear about the cause they're rallying for. Not been clear. Charter rights are suspended. People can't go to work. People can't leave their own country. They can't get in an airplane, a train, in a taxi cab. Like, it's ridiculous that we continue to have these journalists and officials playing dumb to the dumb things they've done to us. And yet this is how the, the, the mainstream media continues to indoctrinate and propagandize the average citizen who is opposed to continued lockdowns and medical mandates. So the, these folks, they don't, they don't get engaged with, they don't engage with the protesters. It's the same here in Windsor. The, the mayor of Windsor, I've always appreciated the guy personally, but come off of it. You know, there's all these costs that were racked up for the policing down at the, uh, the ambassador bridge during the blockades and the city's trying to get some money under the government to help pay for it. Like, here's how we could have saved millions of dollars. Go have a conversation with the protesters. Mm-hmm. Walk out on the street. You bring your security guards if you want, even though they're not violent people, and have a conversation. Mm-hmm. But the media, this is, it's stonewalling. So the, the officials, this is their tactic in all of this. They don't actually talk to protesters. They don't talk to people like me. They talk around and about. Yeah. So we, we invited officials to our church at one point where we're going to push back against the rules. Oh, no, we can't come. Mm-hmm. But they won't engage you. They use the media, the corrupt media. Yep. I always thought the media was a little off, but they the last couple of years, I mean, the mainstream, quote unquote, legacy media have lost all of my respect. Whenever I read an article, I just immediately start looking for the lies and it doesn't take very many lines in to find them, mm-hmm. the spin, right? So we have this uh, incident going on here in the country of Canada. And then to to add insult to injury, the Ottawa police, who somehow think they're Canada's police, the Ottawa police are bringing in 800 federal police officers, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. Funny, they didn't do that at the BLM rallies. Mm-hmm. But they're doing it here. And again, all that is it postures, you know, these people are dangerous. We got to really protect our city. We got to protect people that live in Ottawa. Um, we saw it. We saw the thousands of police officers pushing through the streets. I don't think there was one incident. This I actually think this is historically amazing. No incidents of assaults on police officers, in spite of the fact that thousands of angry, unemployed, uh, falsely accused protesters were in Ottawa for several weeks. All of them conducted themselves properly. They didn't pu- they didn't push police. They didn't punch police. No police officers were injured and all that. Citizens were. Mm-hmm. People were beat up. Yep. But they got to bring in, you know, bring in the big guys and and intimidate. So here's, here's the problem with all this. They continue to falsely paint protesters as dangerous people. And that has to be resolved. The, wor- mm-hmm. the global community even sees it. Mm-hmm. They were calling out Mr. Trudeau in Europe when he was touring Europe for even left, left-leaning left liberal European governments were calling him out. It's an amazing thing. They don't admit yet they were wrong about Ottawa. They were wrong about the guns. They were wrong about the violence. They were wrong about the arson. The right? arson. They were wrong yeah. about it all. Yep. It's a complete, whatever they said was basically the exact opposite. 
but they're pulling the exact same stunt again, the exact same place. I was just reading, they're forming exclusion zones for the protest. Well, at the same time saying, oh, we're in favor of peaceful protests. Mm-hmm. No, you're not. These are peaceful protesters. You're not in favor of it. You're offended when they press back against the narrative that you're espousing. Mm-hmm. Officials, like, oh, we're not going to put up with anything. Okay, you didn't put up with anything last time. Nothing happened. Mm-hmm. I mean, there might have been the odd person, just like there is in every crowd of thousands and thousands of people who does something kind of ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But I don't even know of any stories like that. So our our news agencies are, have once again let us down. Folks, here's my advice to you. When you're listening to the mainstream media, you pretty much have to assume they're lying now. Pretty much have to assume it because that's their track record. Once a liar, until there's repentance, always a liar. And the lies aren't going to come in the form of saying, well, there's no no protest in Ottawa this weekend. Mm-hmm. No, they'll report that, but they'll put their spin in an ideological um, propaganda. Attack. They'll attach their ideological propaganda to it, and they'll make you think that it's other than what it is. Mm-hmm. See? And this is what's going to probably lead to continued uh, ideological clashes between officials and citizens because the officials just simply aren't listening. They're just, they, what they're looking for, they're, they want some outbreak, some eruption, some disruption, someone to do something really stupid. That's what they're looking for. They mm-hmm. want it. They're, they're push, 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 push. And frankly, it might happen at some point. Like when you push a population over the edge, deny them the right to work and so forth, you're you're creating unnecessarily problem unnecessary problems and no one nobody wants that. Mm-hmm. So that's the first uh, thing that that's, I wanted to just kind of update people on today. So if you have a bike, I guess you can head over to Ottawa. Yeah, so, a pedal bike or a unicycle. Exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't have one right now. So um, now the news often lies, but I think this next thing we're going to talk about is actually where they tell the truth, which is, (laughs) you'd wish it was a lie, but can you tell us, you posted about the Toronto Zoo article about some zoo animals this week and tell us about it. Uh, Well, have you ever wanted to just cry and are angry at the same time, Chris? I mean, the stuff, the stuff that goes on in our, in Western culture today reminds me of Romans one, where God just turns them over to the futility of their own minds. I mean, the things that people do and say are so ridiculous. They, they make you like you half the stuff I'm reading in the news to, uh, these days. I'm thinking, is this satire? Mm-hmm. Like are people making this up? So the Toronto zoo obviously has animals uh, to care for. And uh, I've, I haven't been to the Toronto Zoo for years, but it was fun when I was there as a kid. But there's an article that came out in Global News. Well, I'll just, I'll just read this. So what they're wanting to do is they're wanting to vaccinate with COVID-19 uh, vaccinations for animals. The, the zoo animals who might be susceptible to, to coronavirus. And by the way, I, I have cattle and... Coronavirus is a broad family of viruses. We've vaccinated, and um, you know, in our country and other countries, cattle and animals like that against coronaviruses for eons. So there, are, there are, uh, you know, any animal can die of any disease. In fact, unfortunately, we had one of our calves die uh, last week of um, some sort of a bacterial infection, and I had driven a couple hours to get those vac- like vaccines suitable to that animal and I'd injected it uh, twice a day and it still died. Mm-hmm. So 
animals can die, obviously, of various diseases and viruses. We it, it's sad when they do, but this is how this is where our world has gotten to. So it says I'm gonna I'm gonna read here from again from our buddies at Global News, um, who say this. They said, "quote According to the zoo, animals are given the choice if they want a vaccine or not." And automatically you're thinking, what does that look like? Like they don't speak. They don't raise their hands. But check this out. This is unbelievable. The zoo said animals undergo, quote, positive reinforcement training, end quote, adding that many animals, quote, willingly present an area of the body, such as an arm or tail, as part of their training exercises with their trusted keepers with desirable treats often used as a reward for their participation. The zoo said the training sessions are voluntary. So you're looking at a baboon and you're like, um, hey, do you want the vaccine? Would you like the vaccine? And of course, because the baboon knows he's going to get a, a banana, he sticks his tail up. And you're like, wow, he wants the vaccine. How thoughtful and caring and loving of the baboon to care so much for his neighbor baboon that he voluntarily sticks his tail up to get the vaccine. <laughs> I mean, oh it's, it's unbelievable how stupid people have become. And if you're offended by the word stupid, look it up. It's in the Bible several times. Yeah. It's just unbelievable. So not only did he get, he got these hooligans training monkeys and baboons and whatnot to volunteer through use of a treat, so it calls into question how legitimate their voluntary desires are. Um, by the way, just as an aside, it is hilarious to so hilarious and sad to observe in our broader culture how obtuse people are to how animals, like animal psychology. People think that animals are like us; they're not, and it's because we've you know we live in ma mass urbanized areas the most that most people have ever had in terms of a pet is a goldfish or a hamster or a domestic cat. And they impose human emotions on them and human desires on them. They just, they just don't have, they're not around enough livestock and animals to actually understand that animals don't think like we do. Mm. Right. So they're, 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 they're almost treating these baboons as if they're humans, they're volunteering. But here's what, here's the point I wanted to make. Not only is it just a hilariously ridiculous episode, but the zoo, that zoo, the Toronto Zoo, check out their website. They require full vaccination for anybody to even attend their zoo, to to go to their zoo right now. For any any guest. Yeah, no, oh, no wow. guest can get into the zoo without being vaxxed, even though right. that's not required by law. It's their internal policy. Wow. So they're going beyond the science, right? Yeah. But then, so you can't even go see the baboons, the vaccinated baboons, if you're not vaccinated. But... um. They allow for the animals themselves to choose whether they want it or not. So we live in a culture where humans can't choose without being coerced and penalized and punished and lambasted in the media and losing your jobs and being threatened with the loss of your house and lack of renewal of your insurance and all this sort of thing that's come upon us. So a human being made in the image and likeness of God, Genesis 127, or made in the image and likeness of God in this culture can't make that choice without severe punishment, but a baboon can. If he wants a banana, he sticks his tail in the air, he raises his hand, and he gets his shot. If he doesn't want it, he's respected. 
His choices are respected. So think of where societies come when we allow animals to volunteer and protect their own bodily autonomy. But human beings, who, who ironically, in Darwinian theory, are no different than baboons. We're all part of the same family. We're just evolved from one another. Who ironically are not made in the image likeness of God in Darwinian theory, but we are coerced and manipulated and abused and arrested and fined, but a monkey isn't. Mm -hmm. Think of how sad that is and how foolish it is. And these are supposedly educated people. So again, Romans 1, God gives a culture over to the futility of their thinking. Without Christ, we literally lose our minds. You even see this with the massive increase of mental illness. There are situations where people have mental illness because they were in a car accident and they hit their head or they were born with some sort of a deficiency. But with uh, thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people claiming to be have mental illness, it's not organic mental illness. It's situational. It's contextual. It's environmental. It's ideological. Mm -hmm. The human mind is invaded with anxiety and confusion and, and, and all sorts of other negative uh, implications when they deny and when culture as a whole denies the goodness of God. So we, uh, yeah, we like animals. We want to treat them properly. I, I, don't, I have no respect for people that abuse animals, but they're treated more humanly than human protesters. We are treated like animals mm -hmm. and animals are treated more humanly than human protesters. And I say this not only to inform, but also to get people thinking about how far cultures slide into a despair of nonsense, into the despair of nonsense and chaos when divine law, when which declares us to be made in the image and likeness of God, is denied. And when uh people who claim to love their neighbors and therefore be out getting vaccinated actually don't love their neighbors at all. They're just hyper-fearful and self-protective. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that kind of leads into maybe some of the thoughts with the next uh, the next B on our list to have brainwashed people, right? A brainwashed public. And I know you've talked about this, um, to me anyways, the, the insanity of the rules of change now and the science has said, okay, it's, it's time to take masks off or so we thought, but there's still tons of people wearing masks. Talk to us about that. Yeah, so ma masks are not the the critical issue, but they're they're a symptom. They're a symptom of mindset. So you remember early on in in the pandemic that uh, we were told not to wear masks, and we know I, right away. I sniffed that one out. It's because they want to reserve them for hospital staff. Mm -hmm. They don't want people. They don't, they don't want there to be a run in the supply chain. But we weren't told that. It wasn't like, hey, could you please not wear masks because we desperately need them for healthcare workers. They just said, don't wear them. You don't need them. Mm -hmm. And so, but you, you, you kind of see through all that. And then all of a sudden, as we've said before, it was masks recommended, masks required, two masks. Hey, my one of my children works in an establishment. I won't say where, because I want her to get in trouble. But uh, they had a customer. Uh, she had a customer that was wearing five masks and carrying their purchases in tall stacks so that they didn't touch surfaces. This was like a couple of weeks ago. This is after the mask mandates were lifted and they got five of them on and a visor and a rubber gloves and all this sort of thing. 
Um, but with regard to the mask mandates, now now they've been lifted. Although strangely, you still hear of some healthcare officials. Well, you probably should wear them. So we know we know that the reason why they're put in place is for po- political liability. So if the if the politicians think that's what people want, that's what they're going to get. Mm-hmm. If they think that's what people don't want, that's not what they're going to get. So the politicians have obviously finally arrived at the conclusion that there's a group of people that don't really want to wear these things because mm-hmm. they're ineffectual for the most part, especially the cloth ones and you know these ones that are just. There's no certification on them. They say in the box they don't even protect you from COVID-19. So the, the politicians have essentially removed the the mask mandates. And even if the masks were somewhat helpful, if all these people have been vaccinated, there's people that are on to their fifth vaccination. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Ontario chief medical officer was encouraging that recently then why would you need it? Like at some point, if your vaccines are supposed to do what they're supposed to do, which clearly they've fallen short, then why do you need all this PPE still on? Mm -hmm. So the politicians have analyzed it. We're coming up to a provincial election here in the province of Ontario. There's going to be a municipal election, I think, uh, this fall. fall. Yeah. October, November. I can't remember which, but they've analyzed it. They made a political decision. It'll be interesting to see after the election how that goes down. But you still have people who are absolutely committed to masking. Now, these are the same people that have said, I don't really, some of these people, I don't really want to wear masks, but it's public health protocol. I have to, I don't want to get bullied mm-hmm. in the store. But now that the mask mandates are removed, they're still wearing them. Triple vaccinated people. I saw a Christian fellow that I know come out of the grocery store earlier this week. He didn't see me, but I saw him. And he's still wearing his mask outside by himself, triple jabbed. Why? Why? Mm-hmm. That's the big question. Why? Well, at this point, it's virtually impossible to argue there's anything scientific or medically necessary about it. Mm-hmm. And even if there was some benefit, it would be minuscule compared to the three shots that you claim are working so well for you. And all the other PPE that you could wear, including an N95. So the question is, why are triple and quadruple masked people, or I should say triple and quadruple jabbed people, some of whom are triple and quadruple masked, why are they still wearing them? Mm -hmm. Why do I see young men and young women, healthy-looking young men and healthy-looking young women, in vehicles with the windows up, sunroof closed by themselves driving around our town with a mask on. Why? Mm -hmm. That's like putting a bandaid on your skin where there's no cut. What are you doing using this material for something, you know, it's, you're not even exposed to in in the moment. What do you think? The COVID virus is blowing out of your, the, the exhaust pipe in the car in front of you and coming through your circulation system somehow. Why? Well, it's psychological trauma. It's hyperfixation on survival at all costs. It's a terror of death. It's a terror of fear. You've been brainwashed, brainwashed. Completely different circumstances. But look what takes place in North Korea. People just do what they're told. Mm-hmm. Look what took place in Nazi Germany. Just, just over time, you you... It doesn't actually take that long. You can train a population 
to act like monkeys. Just do what they're told. They don't even, they just check their brain at the door. Some of these people are driving around with masks on, may have earned PhDs, but they're not thinking critically. They're living in fear. I am now convinced you could, you could very easily convince a population to wear masks permanently for the rest of their, their existence here on earth. There's too many viruses or too much global traffic. There's too much immigration. There's people coming from here, there and everywhere. We're exposed to all these pathogens. We're putting a law in place that says you got to wear a mask permanently. And you know what? A ton load of people would say that's completely fine with me. Mm-hmm. It's very sad, very de- dehumanizing. And uh, I want to call out Christians in particular. If you're contributing to that, you're sinning. If you're contributing to the fear the unnecessary fear, the terror of death. You're running around. Don't don't tell me you're. It's because you love your neighbor. You're terrified of your own death, and you're terrified of being exposed to pathogens and so forth. You need to cut it out. At, at Easter, there, I was calling folks out, and some took offense to it, and I'm glad they did because they needed to be confronted. Some took offense to the idea that uh, you can't both celebrate Easter and Resurrection hope and live in fear. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. No, it's true. Mm-hmm. Easter and fear of death are irreconcilable. Mm-hmm. And if you're a Christian and you're contributing to that narrative through your behavior, I'm not talking about taking reasonable protocols to protect yourself in the highway and in life and in your place of employment, but if you're contributing to a narrative, the medical experts are saying, it's okay to take your mask off. Oh, I'm going to still wear it just mm-hmm. to be safe. You're contributing to the fear. You're dishonoring the Lord. And what you're actually doing, whether you like it or not, you are giving green lights, signals to the governments, bring the masks back, bring the masks back. Because so many people, if the government looks out and says, they're thinking of bringing the mask back, we're noticing when you're in Walmart, the 50% of the people are wearing them anyway. Why not just put them in place? You're making it very difficult for those that are fighting for their own freedom and liberty. Mm-hmm. Right? So yeah. I, I used to be a little more gracious with folks that are still wearing PPP in, in public. It's time to take that stuff off and to return to normal, uh, a semblance of normalcy in our culture. And again, most people that are wearing PPE aren't even wearing PPE anyway. They're wearing cheap Walmart or dollar store knockoff masks and whatnot that are nobody would wear in a medical institution anyway. As I've observed it, I think there's two maybe additional reasons, maybe it's fear of a different sort, but I've talked to young people who want to wear the mask because they can hide behind it. And I think that actually is part of it where maybe they have, you know, acne or they have, you know, you, it's actually interesting when you're wearing the mask, you don't have to facially respond to people. You can kind of just ignore them and doesn't matter if you're smiling, frowning, whatever else. But, uh, yeah, that's a good point. I don't know if I was talking to you about this or someone on our staff, but, uh, there was a study or some comments made about young girls in particular, which tend to be a little more sensitive to matters of appearance. I mean, a lot of the guys, they don't care what they look like, but um, almost like a shame. Mm-hmm. My my one brother is a high school teacher and he was talking to me about how he hasn't even seen the faces of some of these students for two years. And, he, and when they take their masks off, he's like, whoa, you've changed a lot in two years. Like, that's a... In your adolescent years, you're changing a lot, but a lot of them are terrified because they have maybe a crooked tooth yeah. or um, or acne 
or they just, they, they hide. We live in a very isolated world. Mm-hmm. Like people talk about being connected, but they're very disconnected. So the whole, you, you walk into a restaurant or whatnot, you see a couple sitting there and they're just playing on their phones or talking to someone else. They're supposed to be on a date, mm-hmm. but there's no real communication. Um, or I heard of a couple that was, they do like they would uh, be on two different levels of their house. They would just text each other when they had issues. Mm-hmm. Or they, um, you have kids that are, and by the way, if you're a young man, please don't do this. They would ask a girl out through a text message. Right. They're just terrified to actually be face-to-face. Mm-hmm. Or their relationship is primarily like a texting relationship. So when they're together in real life, they're like, uh-oh, we don't know how to interact with looking someone in the eyes and actually having a conversation or reading body language. Yeah. So we create, we create, we're creating a bit of a generation that has a fast thumbs on the text pad, but they don't have the ability to actually have a relationship mm-hmm. in the flesh. And then of course now church, their own, many of them are their Christians. Their churches have taught them that virtual relationships are completely acceptable substitutes for face to face that we don't have to be incarnational. You can, baptize yourself in your bathtub at home and just video it into the church or you can you can uh you know have virtual relationships or virtual sex or whatever it might be yeah and uh it's very dehumanizing it's very dehumanizing and a lot of that is rooted in fear of self-disclosure it's almost like the new proverbial fig leaf Mm -hmm. like you don't want to be vulnerable yeah you don't want to sort of present yourself fully f- with all your flaws and your sin before others. So you, you hide and pretend Adam and Eve immediately threw the fig leaf on and hid from God and blamed one another. Mm-hmm. And we live in a culture too, that people are masters of hiding and pretending in in different ways. Uh, but the, there, there is a certain uh, relationship between the hiding and pretending that we see in the garden and the hiding and pretending that we see in relationships in general. And now this hyped up, amped up hiding and pretending in a sort of exclusive way of living disconnected from human touch, disconnected from organic relationships that falsely advertises itself itself as a adequate substitute. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. One other thought to that, and maybe I can get your feedback on this. Um, we talk about virtue signaling, right? Um, and so there's there's a part of me that wonders, there may be, again, people that wear a mask and continue to it to do it because that was the sign of their virtue. It's like my virtue comes, they were part of this group that did the right thing and now they're still, people will say, the politicians are dropping because it's an election year, but you still got to do the right thing and wear the mask. And it's nonsensical and if they thought about it, but there's this virtue that comes from well, I'm still going to wear the mask because I care about people, even though it's not doing what they think it's going to do. It, well, it's not doing what they do. It's just, it's a sign of virtue, right? Well, we know we know that's false. We know that's false virtue because the same folks that chirp at us about wearing masks to love your neighbor say absolutely nothing or very little or just oppose mm-hmm. the mass unemployment the suicides. I was talking to two fellows recently and they said both of their pastors have said there, there's been no rise in suicides during this. I don't know of anybody that suffered as a result of this or lost their jobs. And apparently there was someone in the room that said, actually I did. 
So there's there's a certain denial of reality. I'll, I'll just talk about pastors. So there's a lot of pastors who don't like me and don't like what I say. There's thousands of them, I'm sure. And I hear about it more and more and more because I call them out on stuff. They don't, when I call them out on stuff, they get furious. They They throw allegations back at me, but they don't show any of that passion toward the true tyrants. Mm-hmm. They these men know that what was what happened in Ottawa was misrepresented. Mm-hmm. They know by now that there's been a series of broken and false promises made by health officials. They know that it's wrong for the government to control every aspect of the church. Some of the men that that attacked us early on even have experienced medical conditions because of their choices. So you you have these things taking place. And you'll hear some of these guys, you know, which is, we, we took the higher ground. Like I want to, one guy put out a tweet or a quote or something that said, I'd like to thank all my fellow pastors for being a good example. Kind of like I was, is sort of like how you read in there. <laughs> kind of like I was by, by submitting to the government. They're, they're patting themselves on the back and they are not standing up for justice issues. As soon as, of course, as soon as there's a war in the Ukraine, they change all their Facebook profiles, right? Mm-hmm. To have the, the flag on it. But they're not, but that's because that's popular. That's easy. Mm-hmm. The mainstream media, everybody's going to give you a, a high five for that for the most part. But when you got to, when you got to stick your neck out and speak to the majority and say, actually the majority is wrong right now mm-hmm. for their treatment of people, locking people in their own countries, not allowing people to go to family funerals, not allowing people to visit their loved ones in nursing homes, uh, forbidding public worship. Again, I've been around 50,000 unmasked people during the pandemic, literally. Mm-hmm. And I'm still here. Mm-hmm. So this narrative that somehow it's a, just an absolutely deadly virus that's just wiping out the population and killing thousands and thousands and thousands of people out of the population. It's it's false. Mm-hmm. Check the Canada's death stats. It's the same. Mm-hmm. It's the same last year. It's the same the year before. It's the same the year before that. The same trajectory. Mm-hmm. Just check it. So it's not true virtue. There's nowhere in the Bible that says you have to wear a mask to... Be virtuous, mm-hmm. but it does talk about excluding yourself from the community if you have a communicable illness. It does talk about the, the requirement to worship. Uh, you know that Justin Trudeau and Doug Ford are nefarious creatures. You you know it. Mm-hmm. You know that these public politicians, you know that every MP in Canada said nothing against Bill C-4. You know this. Yeah. Say something. Like, speak up. Mm-hmm. Well, my my board decided otherwise. Then discipline them. Well, you know, I, I just, it's not a hill to die on. Then what hill are you going to die on? Mm-hmm. Does like does the devil have to show up in a red suit with a, with a pitchfork for you to finally say, yeah, this might actually not be uh, good? Mm-hmm. Um, you, you see all the stuff taking place in culture. Do you actually believe in the lordship of Christ over culture? So... There's a lot of folks out there that are falsely virtue signaling. I'll mention them in a moment, but there's this David Fisman guy who was on the Ontario Health panel, Mm -hmm. um, one of our experts, the same guy that was taking honorariums from uh, Pfizer and AstraZeneca and whatnot for advising us. He's getting paid for it. The same guy that was being paid money on the side by the Ontario Teachers Federation or Canadian Teachers Federation, one of the two. Um, 
This he he has his money in the cookie or his hands in the cookie jar, right? Yep. He has he's he is being paid for his opinion. So he's tweeting stuff still about um, you know other people like love your neighbor, this kind of language. You you have to care for people. It's all smoke and mirrors. These people don't even know Jesus. Mm-hmm. They don't know what true love looks like. You can't even know what true love looks like apart from Jesus. So it's all smoke and mirrors. And unfortunately, a lot of Christians just kind of go along to get along. Mm-hmm. What it boils down to is man-pleasing, which is a sin. Man-pleasing and cowardice. Cowardice is actually a damnable, damnable sin. What I mean by that is every sin is damnable, but it's, it's in the damnation lists, revelation. Mm-hmm. So people... It's it's so sad, but people are innately in the in the in the evangelical and Catholic context desperate for the affirmation of others, and this is why so much of modern day Christianity has been corrupted. I don't. There's no blessing in being unnecessarily offensive, but people are desperate to be applauded by others. Oh, everyone else is flying the Ukrainian flag. I better fly it. Now, what's going on there with Russia is pretty bad. But it's like they turn their attention to that, and that becomes their all-consuming interest. Meanwhile, our country is teetering on the brink of collapse, economically, sexually, ideologically, religiously, this is a very, very, very bad place to live. Mm-hmm. You'll hear people say, oh, don't compare it to Nazi Germany. Actually, it's worse. It's worse. On an ideological level, it's more corrupt here. It's more corrupt. A lot of these people that were brainwashed to follow the Nazis in World War II still were members of the Lutheran church, Christian churches. They would still say they're Christians. They did things that were more heinous despicable, some of them. Although we got to keep in mind that most people didn't even know about the concentration camps until after the war. Okay. But these were very despicable crimes committed, but ideologically, this is more godless. Uh, Godlessness is the official ideology of the state of Canada. It's people are more corrupt. People think you can pick your gender, that you can have sex with whoever you want for whatever reason. We have pedophiles posting stuff on Twitter that aren't immediately blocked. Oh, but if you're Donald Trump and you're stab- you know, challenging the establishment or being mean and rude, you're gone. So mm. it's a very, very corrupt, very dangerous world we live in, especially in the Western world. You know, Europe, United States, Canada, these are very, very dangerous, very corrupt, very wicked, wicked nations that feel very comfortable doing everything from picking your gender to slaughtering on mass millions of our own children every year in their mother's wombs. Okay. One more B the billionaires. There's some news this week about a guy named Elon Musk taking over Twitter. And we want to know your thoughts. I know <laughs> people will be asking questions about this. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think I've heard of a guy. Um, well, I, I think most people know the story. So we have various social media platforms, Twitter, is one where you can just post your thoughts, your comments, speak freely about your opinion, whether you're right or wrong, you can say it. Um, but what's happened in the last several years is that I would say the left, more liberal-minded people, the ones that um, 
love cancel culture where if you challenge them, they cancel you because they, they control a lot of these platforms. If you don't like, if they don't like what you're saying, they find a way to cancel you, to veto you, right? So the, the, the classic example of that is the president of the United States, the previous president, Donald Trump, would use his Twitter a lot. And admittedly, some of the stuff that he would say is false, was false and it was wrong. And he, he had a way of um, really inflaming the situation, call names and all this sort of stuff. But he was canceled by the left. Okay, so the left, these would be people that murder babies, that practice gender reassignment surgery on teenagers, that... Um, promote every godless ideology imaginable that have no interest in um, dealing with the truly dangerous content, pornography, um, drug drug use. And these are the folks that love the, the legalization of marijuana and, and you know, everything that's sort of opposed to the things of God. But these same people who commit objectively Act after act after act of heinous evil, they get so furious when people who have more conservative views or even Christians challenge them or confront them. Strangely, they they turn that back around and say you're you're promoting hate, hatred. So if I don't love abortionists, I'm an extremely despicable, hateful person. If I don't love gender reassignment surgery. I'm a hateful, hateful person. If I don't support BLM, Black Lives Matter, I'm a hateful person. Uh, because they they like to control the narrative. They they think BLM is about Black Lives Mattering. Clearly it's not. It's about cultural Marxism. They've gone on record as, as telling us as such. So um, this has just gotten out of control mm-hmm. where we have, like, so I have a Twitter account. I don't have a ton of followers, but I started using it. It starts growing and, you know, I get up to 2,000, whatever, 2,500, 2,600, whatever there is. And I'm picking up 5, 10, 15 new followers a day. And it's not, I'm not saying it's all about followers. Who really cares? But I'm just telling the truth. So I'm picking up 5, 10, 20 followers a day. And all of a sudden, about maybe two months ago, it just stops. Like it, it goes up two, down five, up one, down two. Just like, Really? Like just it just stops. There's a trajectory that my followership's on, and then it just stops. Mm-hmm. And I put out a comment like, "What's the point of even using Twitter if you clearly something's going on behind the scenes?" Musk buys it the very next day. They've start my followership started to rise. I think I picked up fifteen or twenty yesterday. Mm-hmm. Right. So interesting. There's there's all sorts of you can't really prove it, but you have this. Uh, you know you have what would apparently be some sort of censorship or, you know, they're, they're trying to slow you down. They, they, they want to slow down conservative or Christian minded people. And they want to give the Looney Tune lefties the lion's share. So Musk, I don't really care. I'm not going to get into all these theories about controlled opposition and his faith or lack thereof. I, I, I'm not going to spend time analyzing a regular old citizen in that regard. I don't care. In other words, but, mm-hmm. If you just take his public statements, he bought it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 
he wants to promote more free speech. That's the the main narrative, right? So you can question whether you agree with that motive or not. I don't really care. That's the narrative right now. Mm -hmm. And that's what people are reacting to. So all the lefties are like bailing off of Twitter or threatening or one one's like, I'm, I'm moving to Canada. It's like, please don't. <laughs> I'm moving to Canada. So I think an American, because I, you know, I like the left leaning ideologies there. Um, Ben Shapiro was reporting that uh, the um, some of the Twitter employees were saying they're terrified. Think of how strong that word is. They're terrified that Donald Trump will be back on Twitter. It's like, maybe why? It's lot, maybe it's a lot of work for them. I don't know. <laughs> like, maybe they're like, my workload. You're that terrified. <laughs> you're that terrified of what Donald Trump says. Don't listen to it. So I don't. By the way, with I'm a, I'm a proponent of free speech, but that doesn't mean I'm a pro proponent of uh, mandatory listening or reading. You can say whatever you want on Twitter unless you're actually destroying people's lives, but you can say what you want on Twitter, but I don't have to I don't have to let you say whatever you want on my wall. Sometimes people get mad at you, why do you block people? Because there's a lot of clowns out there that mm -hmm. are trying to promote their message through my platforms. Mm -hmm. And if you disagree with me, generally my my uh, approach is if you've been respectful about it, I'll let you dialogue back and forth. But if I then check your wall or your Twitter account, you don't say any of these things, you're gone. Because mm -hmm. I know what you're doing. You don't want to actually put it on your wall because you don't want the pushback. You want to use my wall mm -hmm. to promote your views. And by the way, if you're one of the listeners, I would encourage you to do the same. Be be uh, man enough to allow people to, to um, criticize constructively what you've said. But if you notice they're just using your platform to continue to snipe, Hit the big yeah. old block button, okay? Because people like that don't deserve to have access to your thoughts. Mm -hmm. And I don't have to tolerate every time I log in the same people. There's They're generally uh, just internet bullies anyway. They're just people who are, are going to pick at you and pick at you and pick at you. It's not like five positives, one negative. It's like they're just pick, pick, pick. Hit the old big old block button. And so I'm I'm a proponent of free speech, but I don't have to listen to it. Uh, free speech doesn't mean everyone has to listen to me. People can come and listen to me preach, but it's not like I've obligated them to stay. Once you come into my church and you sit down, you better not leave. If you leave, you leave. If you don't want to come back, you don't want to come back. It's not like there's any biblical law that says you have to listen to everyone. But um, back to uh, Musk. So he's he's bought it to open the door to free speech and the, the lefties are flipping out. So remember I mentioned David Fisman. Yep. He's the Toronto epidemiologist. So he, he's very bold on Facebook. Uh, multi, it's not uncommon for him multiple times in an hour to express how favorable he is towards masks and whatnot. He's, mm -hmm. He was doing that today when I checked his account. So this is what he said. Okay, this if next time you think that the medical establishment is morally or ideological neutral, think again. Mm -hmm. Think again. So you're like, well, these are science experts. They're, they have our best interests. Really? They're not motivated by any ideology. They don't have any sort of religious or anti-religious persuasion that affects how they respond to things. Are you sure about that? So here's what he says. Um, so this is a direct quote from Fisman. I've put some stuff up on this platform that I'd like to keep access to. I know the deal with Musk isn't inked, but I've been thinking of leaving Twitter for a while now. And if it is, and if it is, that'll be the last straw, end quote. So not only is he 
multiple times an hour putting out pro masking and pro protocol health protocol tweets, even when they're lifted right now, calling people out for not caring enough when mandates are dropped. Uh, but he, he's, he doesn't like free speech. Hmm. It's like, well, if Twitter is going to be taken over a guy that's in favor of free speech, I'm out of here. Why are you saying that if you're a medical expert? It, it demonstrates that even medicine, even the decisions that people like this made for the government, science tables and whatever, these their worldviews are not morally neutral. Folks, they're not doing pure medicine. Mm -hmm. You need to understand that they're not doing pure medicine. The health directors of Ontario are not all about medicine. There's politics. There's ideology. This is why you have a mayor that refuses to go and meet with the Ambassador Bridge protesters because mm -hmm. it's it's politically motivated. He's not concerned about his own security. It's politically motivated. This is why you have a, 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 a police chief up in Ottawa constantly siding against the protesters, not neutral, not just being very objective and saying, okay, this, this is the services we're going to provide for the sake of you know the community, keeping everybody safe and allowing the dialogue to take place. No, it's all against. It's against the freedom movement. This guy's against free speech. These people who probably don't even fully understand their own worldview are in favor of the Marxist, communist, secularist agenda, the lockdownism, not lockdowns, lockdownism, mm -hmm. the government control over your body, on and on and on. To varying degrees, they, a lot of these people, hate God. They hate God. They don't. They may not even fully be conscious of that, but they hate God. They hate the things that God has given to us. I am a free and unencumbered being. Mm -hmm. I have freedom in Christ to make my own conscious choices about worshiping, fellowshipping. I'm mandated creationally to work six days and rest on the seventh. I'm responsible for my children's education. You know, all these things we care about. They don't, they don't know they don't care about a lot of these things. They're opposed to them. Mm -hmm. So we have this blender now. You have a crisis in the world with a nasty virus and all these, these worldviews and ideologies now come to bear on it. So no one's making these decisions neutrally. So now whenever I'm thinking about masks, vaccines, I'm always thinking about the spiritual dimension to this, mm -hmm. right? I, I, I can't separate the two. They're, they're inextricably linked. They're woven together. Vaccine passports and mandatory vas vaccines are wicked. They're contrary to Romans 14. They're, they're, they're contrary to bodily autonomy, stewardship. Mm -hmm. Not autonomy apart from God, but stewardship under God. They're contrary to these things. Um, telling people you cannot work, that's contrary to biblical law. Telling people that you can't be with the sick who are dying. That's contrary to biblical law. I care about that because I'm processing all these medical, supposedly medical decisions through the grid, the filter of biblical scripture. Mm -hmm. They're, they're filtering all these things through a Darwinian worldview, perhaps, which says this is, you're just a biotic being. This is the only thing you have through um, political considerations, you know, in favor of a cultural Marxist view of life or a communist view of life or a, a radical sec secularized view of life. We're all processing these things through a worldview and they're, they're it's becoming more and more obvious. Meanwhile, you still have 
a ton load of pastors out there saying they trust the government and, you know, that the government has our best interest in mind. By the way, I'll say it again. I take heat for it, but I'll say it again. If you're, if you have not yet repented for being a pro-lockdown, pro-loss of job, pro-force vaccination pastor, you need to repent. You've sinned against Christ and you've sinned against your people. And the naivety or the pride needs to stop. You've sinned against the body of Christ. And you need to repent because the government has broken God's laws, broken God's words, usurped his authority over the church and even over their citizens. And you need to repent of that. Go ahead and be offended. You need to be offended. Mm -hmm. Go ahead and be upset. Go ahead and send me an email telling me I'm prideful. It doesn't matter. You've you violated scripture. You need to repent and get your act together. And your people will be blessed by that. And if they see your repentance and your humility, they will be blessed by that. Mm -hmm. and, and you will be blessed by that. So uh, time's up. Like enough's enough. We have to stop partnering with evildoers. And we have to start taking our people back to the word and allowing the word to govern our decisions, our priorities and our behavior uh, under God. So that that's the fourth thing I wanted to uh, cover in today's podcast. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you, Aaron. And uh, I know there's lots going on. We'll probably have chat about elections and all that stuff coming up in a future podcast. Um, I'm sure there's lots of things on people's minds, but make sure you tune into Leadership Now each week. You can hear it both here um, well, wherever you're listening to it, I suppose, is where you're listening to it. So go back there next week. Uh, but on the CJXC radio, we're on there at uh, Tuesdays at 11 a.m. And we broadcast 11 p.m. on Thursdays. And then we are also on the Fight, Laugh, Feast network and their app. So make sure to download that. As Aaron mentioned, he is on Twitter. He's on Facebook. He's on Gab, Getter. I think all of them. Uh, and so find Dr. Aaron Rock. Just type it in and you'll find him to be able to follow and get uh, all sorts of other relevant updates. So thanks, Aaron, for today. And listeners, please subscribe and uh, listen again next week to another episode of Leadership Now with Dr. Aaron Roth.